Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on the Mike Ricksecker audio journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Welcome to Inside the Upside Down. Thanks for joining us tonight on this Slenderman episode of our After Hours Edge of the Rabbit Hole episode. I'm sorry, I'm tired. (laughs) It's been a long day, and uh, we just had a great, great Edge of the Rabbit Hole episode. I really want to thank John D'Souza for joining us, but we're switching gears from all the uh, extraterrestrial uh, conspiracy theory stuff to Slenderman, which kind of has its own uh, conspiracy theories in there as well. In fact, John did mention Slenderman a few times uh, in our last show. So related, uh, possibly. And you know what? I forgot to switch out the bars. There we go. There's the inside the upside down bar. <laughs> so great to have everybody with us. Thanks for staying for another hour. I know this is our late night show, so we get you late night people out here, but that's why I have my coffee and we're ready to roll. Haunted Road Roast. Phoenix Feather uh, 1031 saying, Sleep, Mike, sleep. I don't know the meaning. I'll sleep when I'm dead. I tell that to Shauna all the time, and she just shakes her head at me. It is what it is. That's stuff to do. I got to work, and then we have all this. So, okay, Slenderman. So, I wanted to cover this since, okay, the movie's about to come out, so it's not just blatantly, okay, well, you know, the movie's coming out, it's a YouTube video, all that stuff. There's a lot of stuff uh, concerning Slenderman that, you know, and I'm not sure how they're going to present it uh, in the movie. And I know some people are upset out there about them doing this because of uh, the tragedies that happened a few years ago with the girls. There's more than one, but only one ever gets talked about. And so I did a Slenderman sound off about it back then and viewing and voicing my views on everything that happened. But first and foremost, just to get down to it, Slenderman is not real. Just straight up. He's not real. Okay. Um, yet, Tom, I, I hope that uh, Dustin's drinking my coffee. Haunted Road Roast, you want it. It's awesome. It's good. And you you want ghosty too. So not even being subliminal about it. <laughs> um, what's uh, Linda saying? Probably he's scary. Always harnessing me about her harassing me about cupcakes. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So, but yeah, but seriously, you know, there's, unfortunately when, when that tragedy occurred, and we'll get into it here in a little bit, you know, those girls thought that he was real. And they had some other issues as well. Um, you know, they're they're both confined to very long terms in psychiatric facilities, um, but they wholeheartedly believe that he was real, and he's not. He's not. He he is a fictional being that was developed, created in two thousand nine, and this is in a way a little hard for me as a writer, um, being a creative person myself, and. You know, I, I can't imagine being in the shoes of somebody whose character has been taken extremely too far. So let's go ahead and introduce you to uh, Slenderman. So let me bring this up. So this is 
essentially the you know an artist depiction of him because of course there's no real photograph but people you know take photographs being dressed up as slender man and all that thing um donna will get into tulpas here in a little bit um so he's you know generally six to 14 feet tall which is kind of a wide range six to 14 feet tall he's always in a suit uh no face and the face is white this depiction kind of gives him a little you know some little depressions for eyes and mouth or whatever but he's generally just has no face um you know he has you don't see him here in this photo uh but he has these tendrils that come out of the back almost like tentacles that will kind of wrap his victims um he can read minds he can teleport uh he mostly targets children and we'll get into that a little bit as well because there's a uh, a, a twist on that um that, that we'll get into um so where he started was um as a project by eric Knudsen. he was going under the name victor surge at the time and it was a photoshop contest and so it was just you know create some photos that seemed real and so he created and i have some other stuff in the background here that's from last week's show. Okay, I'll turn that off. Um, I mean, he he made a you know a creepy you know photo here. Here's this tall guy, no face, in a suit. Um, he's, he's got that white face standing in the background there, and you know he had this little story that went along with it. You know, to tell the story of these photos that he put together for this project. So that's the one. And here's the other, and you can see. Um, Slenderman under the tree there. And you can kind of see the, the tendrils kind of poking out from him. And this is the origin. This is where the story of Slenderman began. It was from these two photographs for a Photoshop project. And like I said, he created a, a little story that went along with it and submitted that. And now it has its own mythology. And kind of one of the dangerous things about slender man is the fact that you can keep adding and adding and adding and adding to the story and increasing on this canon so it's really almost like a modern day mythology but it's sinister in nature and i kind of harken back in, in john in our in our last show on the edge of the rabbit hole with john d'souza <clears throat> He related a lot of these different beings, you know, interdimensional beings. We were talking shadow people, and so you know, he lumped Slenderman in there as well. And to me, Slenderman, the Slenderman myths and legends do have a lot of um, similarities to shadow people. And so when these stories are written, and you guys may have heard the term creepypasta, and so these are basically, you know, stories. It's a, it's a website that, you know, carries these stories um, of Slenderman and a lot of other different uh, things as well. It's not just Slenderman. It's all kinds of different stuff out there that they do, they do stories for. Um, I don't know where I was going because <laughs> I just segued. And I was, okay, where's the segue going? Okay, that, yes. So you're saying down there below, tired? Yeah. <laughs> so 
Yeah, so it allows, okay, that's where I was going. So it, it allows a, a place for people to, it's, it's almost like fan fiction, right? So it allows anybody and everybody to keep adding and adding and adding and adding to the story, which as a creative person, being a writer, you know, I think is great. You know, I think that's actually a wonderful thing. Um, it, it's when other people take that too far that it gets to a dangerous place. And that's where um, those those girls took it extremely too far. So um, um, uh, Nisa and Morgan, the two girls um, that stabbed their friend Peyton in the name of Slenderman because they believed that they were going to become proxies uh, for Slenderman. And you know, go off into the forest where the Slender Man mansion was and live happily ever after. And they, they believed, they believed that they had to do it. Otherwise, Slender Man was going to come and harm their family. But if they did this act, and this was Morgan's best friend. Um, they had been best friends since like the fourth grade. Um, but they believed they did this. Not only would Slender Man not harm their families, but then they would become these proxies and live in this big mansion in the woods. So it was, it, it has an occasion where it has gone way, way too far. So uh, Tom McNicholas saying, follows the same story as the Boogeyman and Candyman. Well, yeah, I mean, people draw from other influences and, and add to the story. Um, so you're going to have a lot of similarities to um, you know, two other, you know, boogeyman type stories, Candyman, all that stuff. I mean, shoot, Diane Hilbert sent me this thing, uh, the other day that related, uh, Stranger Things to it and that they were in the same universe. So, um, but the creators of Stranger Things admitted that they did draw some influences from it. So, you know, you, you get, influence from somewhere and then you incorporate some of those things not all of them you create you incorporate some of them put your little spin on it and then add to the story and so that's what's happened here in a lot of different ways so you know i've right off the bat see a lot of different similarities to shadow people you know that's kind of front and center and you know the shadow people stories you know uh you know, thousands of years worth from cultures from all over the world and, you know, while I believe, yes, many of them are true, of course, because I've had my own shadow people experiences, you know, some of them have been a little embellished too. So, you know, that's, that's kind of what you get when you have people adding this. But with Slenderman, you know, it is straight up a creative environment. So we have this spooky bad guy. And let's all collaborate on creating the spooky adventures of Slenderman. Like I said, you know, it's it's a um, as a creative person, it's a very cool concept. And especially given the fact that okay, I'm involved with the paranormal, I like spooky things. Um, I do. I'll I'll say I like horror movies, but I more like paranormal thrillers. You know, something that's a little more mind-bending, like the the slasher stuff, not so much. Um, but something that's, you know, very creepy and mind-bending, 
um, something that gets you thinking, um, like psychological uh, thrillers I really like, things like that. Um, so those type of, you know, and of course, you know, paranormal stuff. So anything like that I like. Um, so those girls uh, weren't the only ones that you know, committed crimes in the name of Slenderman. There was another one that happened, you know, a couple weeks after. It was a uh, a girl who stabbed her mother. Um, not nearly uh, as bad as as uh, the girls had had stabbed Peyton, um, but um, you know, there was still, of course, you know the you know the same thing with arrests and police reports and um, you know everything that happened and actually i'm not really sure what ended up happening to that girl because the trail kind of ended there after a little bit but she was put into a juvenile facility for a while and that's kind of where the trail ended there so um see uh linda miller saying i like paranormal movies based around true events well yeah yeah (laughs) um yeah anything like that um although you know, like the first Conjuring movie, it's like, it was great for that type of movie. Um, it just wasn't true to the story. Like 99% of it wasn't, <laughs> you know, it was pretty off. So um, Jill is saying, libraries here have no Slenderman books. I had to go to Barnes & Noble to order it. Don't carry it in the store. Um, yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. And right now i think it's a definitely a very sensitive time because the movie's coming out and they've delayed it. it was supposed to come out back in may and now they've delayed it till august um and that more had to do with you know finances and and stuff like that um that didn't have to do with uh anybody being sensitive about anything so um yeah punk guy fungi he, sh- he sure didn't bust them out of jail no no and um, if you watch some of those interviews, it kind of, um, I think sank in on the girls there that, oh yeah, he's, he's not coming to help us. We did all this for him and he's not coming. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, maybe a bit of an eye opener for them. I don't know. You know those, and those interviews were a bit hard to watch too, um just the naivete and um yeah there's they they diagnosed um i can't remember what they diagnosed anisa with but uh with morgan it was schizophrenia and so to actually see her talk in some of those was like wow um see you saw a ghost walking behind i know i know well i tried blocking it with the um with the sign i didn't do a very good job of it did i um yeah so next week we'll be out there (laughs) next week we'll be out there um yeah and carrie shauna's not here tonight uh she had to work so that's because we spent uh, a three-day weekend with uh spook show in mattoon illinois and so um yeah, she had to sacrifice Tuesday for that. So, um, Tim Schoenstein, I can't even play the Slender Man game I bought on Steam. Yeah, so, you know, the, there's even video games, you know, in the Slender Man name, of course. So, and I've seen that. It does seem very, very creepy where, 
what you're looking for these pages and you're trying to go through the forest looking for the pages and you have to get them all and slender man's chasing you so you know another extension of the lore and the myth and all of that um you know which you know i mean i'm fine with with the game you know um and I've seen some videos of, you know, kids spooking themselves, trying to play the game and, and stuff like that. Um, they do a very good job of of making it creepy. And that's, you know, kind of the whole intent, you know, uh, which is fine. It's just, you know, where where it went with those girls. Uh, very, very sad indeed. So let's see. What did I miss there? Um, yeah, Phoenix Feather saying I download and I can't play because it it's creepy. Um, usually horror games will bother uh, her. Yeah. Um, it is a very creepy game. <laughs> so they have accomplished the goal, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it. Slenderman has become the modern day boogeyman. You know, and given that was an internet creation, it's pretty fitting for the times that instead of, you know, these these stories that we had passed down to us before, you know, sitting over a campfire, telling the stories, um, you know, they got written down in books at one point in time, you know, scrolls way, way back, you know, uh, word of mouth even longer back. So now we're in the internet age and now here's the story. So uh, I did see a question in there from Sharon Lane, is it possible that all of this mental and emotional energy given to him has begun making a PK manifestation? Okay, so I saw Donna mention in there about Tulpa earlier. So, Tulpa. It is... I suppose it's possible that Slender Man could now be a Tulpa. For those of you that don't know what a Tulpa is, because I do get that question, what's a Tulpa? whenever I mention something about Tulpa. So a Tulpa basically is an entity, and generally a negative entity, taking some sort of you know, established story, um, some sort of um, trait, personality, whatever that's being perpetuated, in this case Slenderman, jumping on that and basically taking on that persona for itself. So in Slender Man's case, some nefarious supernatural entity out there sees everybody putting all of this energy into Slender Man. You know, it's going around the internet. There's, you know, people, you know, hurting others in its name. It's become a game. It's become all this. Um, there's a lot of action surrounding this one character which was completely fictional you know it was made up so it sees this huh i want to get in on that action and decides to take on the persona of slender man it's not really slender man but it takes on that persona of slender man and becomes it and now you have a supernatural entity running around actually as Slenderman. That would be what a tulpa is. So Slenderman itself is not real. 
but if it has become a tulpa, it would be a supernatural entity that has taken on the persona of Slenderman. So, think of it that, you know, I've decided to put on a um, Jingles the Clown mask. You know, for all of you guys that don't like clowns, okay? And I just wholeheartedly, boom, I am now Jingles the Clown. And I use Jingles because that was actually a clown that was at my uh, birthday party when I was like five or six years old. And he was a good clown. But I'm just now totally that persona the whole time, Jingles the Clown, forever and always. And I act like that all the time. I've just taken on that persona. Even though, really, underneath it, I'm Mike Ricksecker. So, that's kind of the same thing. Um, so, that would be... <laughs> Diane, no clowns. Well, sorry. Sorry, Jingles the Clown was awesome. I actually... I, I don't understand the whole clown thing. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I, I get that, okay, I know a lot of these movies and there's artwork and all that stuff that make you know, some really creepy looking clowns. And I was like, okay, that's a real creepy looking clown. But just naturally, like a clown, because that was been my exposure. Jingles the Clown for a birthday party and then going to the circus and seeing all these clowns being goofy and, you know, and having fun with each other. You know, even with uh, uh, Dumbo, you know, the clowns were, you know, doing funny stuff. So I, I never got the whole clowns are creepy thing. Um, so... From Betty and Wayne, how about Dracula becoming Twilight and teens going crazy? <laughs> That's a little different. That's a little different. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a different twist on the whole vampire thing, making, making them glittery, I, whatever. <laughs> um, that was just taking the teen romance formula and slapping vampires on it, and, you know, we need to make it attractive to... Uh, teenage girls, so let's make them glitter and glow, and yeah, that that was what that was. Um, I think I missed one up there. Did I miss a uh, question somewhere? Yeah, um, from Linz. Do you think that a negative entity or dead person could pretend to be Slenderman? So that's kind of the same thing that I was talking about with the Tulpa. So that's kind of the as it's really kind of the the real probably the most common question with Slenderman is. You know, has a negative entity from somewhere else taken on the role of Slenderman? So is Slenderman is Slenderman real now? Um, I don't know if a entity, if a negative entity, has taken on the persona of Slenderman. It, it's it's really hard. It's really hard to know that. I mean, I've never personally seen. Slenderman. I've seen a lot of shadow people. A lot of shadow people. Not one of them have has ever been Slenderman. I mean, really, you take a look at him, it's like he's a he's a cross between shadow people and the men in black. With tentacles. Um Yeah, I've never personally seen it. Um all of my interactions with, with other people about him are generally about the story and about the case. Um, you know, there are those that will say, well, yeah, I've seen him, he's real, that sort of thing, but how much of that is that they're, again, playing into the story of it all, you know, you know, like the, like these girls, I mean, 
they were you know running through all the stuff online and then decided that they were going to harm their friend so did they really interact with slender man you know it didn't really seem like it. at least from what i saw of the case it didn't necessarily i didn't really see where they had a supposed interaction with him it was more of they believed that they needed to do this to appease him so i think that one was a bit different so and it's and it's hard you know and it's actually kind of hard to say that about this particular thing because i deal uh, so much with shadow people and you know how many times have i have i heard a shadow person story that you know like with slenderman you're saying okay well you know it's all fiction you know i can't believe it a little bit different with shadow people where it stems from something that is real you know the supernatural entities of shadow people do exist you know whether it's you're waking up with them in the corner of your room sitting on your chest you know, all those different variations that have come from cultures from all over the world for thousands of years uh, whether they're wearing the hat or they're a black mist or they're the crawler or what have you and of course people can embellish their stories and experiences or completely fabricate them but the root of it is a supernatural entity that we know for sure exists. Slenderman is a little bit different because the root of it, we know for a fact, is a fictional character. So for those that are saying that they really truly saw Slenderman, it's even harder for people to believe that they really saw Slenderman because we know that the root of it is in this fictional character where with shadow people, it's rooted in something that we know to be true, that we know to exist. At least a lot of people do, because you talk to my sister or somebody then that is, you know, totally doesn't believe in any of it, then of course they would say no. But um, I think you get what I'm saying. So um, this was from Murtaza Arif. When was the last time you saw a shadow man, Mike? So that's a good question. When was the last time? Um, because when we were oh i'm trying because it was just recently here there was somebody at it was at the end of a hallway where were we at oh i'm trying to think though it, it was recent um i've seen quite a few the most prevalent ones you know would be like um Johnny V's that I talk about all the time, that would have been 2010, 2011, when we did that investigation. You know, that was, you know, a fantastic one. Uh, of course, there's the one when I was a child uh, that I talk about all the time. On investigations, I, I see a number of different shadow people. That's why I'm like, I'm trying to place where I saw that one. The last one I would have seen would have been at, like at the end of a hallway. Um, damn, where was it? <laughs> uh, were we live for that? Is anybody... Remember if we were live for that, and I, I may have seen it live. Um, you know, there's the Campsville Grade School, which is a fantastic clip that I've now included on uh, some of the different uh, uh, presentations that I give. There's the big black mist at the house in Edmond. So there's been a lot. Um, to, it's more most recent. It was, it was we've only done a few investigations, so it would have been 
um, either the uh, Charleston Jail, not Charleston Jail, Charleston uh, Hospital, or before that would have been the Cheney House. It was one of those two. So, um, April when it was. I haven't known anyone to see a shadow person as often as you do. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the way I look at it, I... I um, so Shauna and I will say like I'm the like she's the dark to my light and I'm the light to her dark and stuff like that. And with what we see on you know when we're investigating and whatnot, we're kind of almost the opposite. Where I'm the dark and she's the light because I will see a lot of shadows. She will see a lot of apparitions, and I don't see as many apparitions, and she doesn't see as many shadows. So I think it's more of. Uh, what you're in tune with, what your vibration uh, will connect with. And for some reason, I seem to connect a lot with the shadow realm. Um, and I know other people that, that see a, a lot of different shadows. So, um, so from Betty, not much to do in small towns, so this could be part of why these characters are created. Well, yeah, you know... <laughs> Um, char characters get created for a lot of different reasons, whether it's small town, or um, you know, or if you're or if you're lonely. So, one of the things that these girls keyed in on um, that you know, kind of helped to spur the situation is that they didn't have a lot of friends. It's like th there's a couple of them. The hung around. So these two, uh, Anissa and uh, Morgan. And then there was their other friend, Peyton, that was more of Morgan's friend. But that was really about it. Um, you know, they got picked on a bit at school. Um, I remember the one teacher saying that Anissa would just like suddenly break down and cry in school. So, and of course she would get made fun of for that. So they were a bit outcast. And so, you know, when you're alone... Um, and have that kind of time, you start to get a bit more creative with things. Um, and there is one, and, and one that I know of, and there may be more. So part of the Slenderman lore, part of the Slenderman canon, that they've, because like I said, people keep adding. So part of the story now, or at least one of the stories, is that when Slenderman was a younger Slenderman, when he was a little faceless white you know in a suit <laughs> white faced in a suit boy a you know, slender boy um he got picked on a lot um and he was bullied at school and so it is caused those who have been bullied the younger younger kids who have been bullied at school you know, which is a tragedy in and of itself. And I, I went through bullying when I was a, a kid. Um, so I know from all of that, um, which maybe that's the reason why I was alone in writing many times. Um, it it's, creates this interesting juxtaposition. So it gives them something to connect to Slenderman with. Oh, Slenderman, when he was young, he was bullied too. And now look how powerful he is. However, Slenderman then became this evil, mean thing that targeted children. So, 
like I said, interesting juxtaposition in that they are connecting with him because of what he was when he was younger, but he is actually targeting them. Um, which I don't think they make that connection. I think they just see that, oh, okay, Slenderman, what, this happened to Slenderman too, and now he's big and powerful and forgetting the whole part that he's targeting children. So, um, but that's become part of the lore. Um, per the Haglin, I think we, quote unquote, we come up with the proverbial boogeyman to help process some of the extremely evil things people can do. No one wants to think of what others are capable of. Um, Tom McNicholas with a $10 super chat for giving us bad dreams tonight. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, yeah, uh, Haglin. And I think we do that in a lot of our uh, creative works is that we're trying to process something, you know, and we're putting it into a fictional setting, but we're we're trying to relate something in real life. And perhaps it's through this uh, creative story that we can make more sense of it to others. Um, for the writer themselves, it becomes a bit therapeutic. I'm going to write about this particular topic that um, I'm not letting people know it's me, even though I it, it is about me and it is about something that I've experienced and it is about you know part of my life. And, you know, part of, you know, my alter egos in there or, um, or what have you. And so we're trying to make sense of something that's happened to us or happened to a group we're a part of or um, could even be something external that we've seen that we want to write about and relate. And we just don't want to relate. You know, we don't want to be like a newscaster and say, okay, here's all the events that happened. Um, you know, Either I don't want to say make it more interesting, but just make it so that there's not this direct, oh, you know, he's talking about this person, he's talking about themselves, that thing. So we create this fictional world and put that real life incident into it. And so, it, yeah, sure, it helps us to process that. Um, doesn't always necessarily have to be a, um, you know, something evil or a boogeyman or what have you. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to do that. You know, even some of our, you know, greatest, you know, love stories that are out there that are written, some of our romances and whatnot, you know, they have um, this tragedy within there because the writer experienced something similar. And so they, at the core of it, they want to write about this tragedy. And maybe at the end, they bring it out, you know, it's like, you know, this tragedy happened to me, but... I want to write it out that they overcame it, even if maybe he or she didn't, but they overcame it. And here's what I think would have happened and what things I would have liked to have happened, da, da, da. Or they could keep it as a tragedy. So there's a lot of different uh, ways to, you know, creative writing is the way to express uh, things like that. So, um, so per Dave Styles, Hey, Dave. Uh, can shadow people communicate with you? Interesting question. Um, I believe they can communicate, but this is something uh, Carl Johnson and I had briefly talked about at Ocean State Paracon, is that uh, he asked me the question, do shadow people have voices? Which really threw me off because I'd never actually thought about that before. Do they have a voice? And 
in my experiences, I've heard them make noises. It was usually something external, like, you know, banging through the door, which even though I never saw the door move, they banged the door, uh, that sort of thing. But I've never actually heard a voice of a shadow person. And of course, when we've seen shadows, you know, we're trying to get EVPs and things like that. I may or may not have an EVP from a shadow person. I, I don't know because like at the Edmund house, you know, it was a sh basically it was a shadow person with red eyes that she was seen in the closet. Um, and I got some EVPs from there that basically said it wasn't the, uh, the original homeowners, um, which could, or I should say, or which may or may not be the red-eyed entity. Could have been somebody completely different. Don't know. Um, but, you know, a lot of these shadows are completely faceless. You know, the humanoid shadow person I saw in my bedroom when I was a kid. Faceless. Um, people, when they report the hat man, they don't see his face. He's wearing the hat. It's, you know, basically um, uh, shading the face. Um, the one that's different is one with the red eyes. People see the eyes. Um, the hooded figure, well, the hood is basically, you know, uh, blocking that. Some people do report seeing red eyes with the hood. Uh, crawlers seem to run around a little too quickly for people to see faces. So, you know, the question is, is their mouth, you know, is their actual mouth, uh, to speak with? So, Carl says he believes they're mute. And given that I haven't actually heard one yet, yeah, I don't know. I've always wanted to sit down and talk with one, interview one, and just be like, okay, so who and what are you things? That hasn't happened, of course. Um, and it could be that if they do communicate, it's through the mind. You know, if they're interdimensional or extra-dimensional beings, like we were talking about John D'Souza earlier, well, then that could be certainly a way they communicate if they're on a basically usually a different plane of existence then maybe it's with the mind that they communicate so um and so if slenderman is similar well that could be i mean slenderman has again no face it's all white instead of black um although i did hear a story this past weekend from denise pridemore's husband about seeing a hooded figure with a white face which is really different um, from phoenix feather why do you think spirits from the 1800s still haunt some places? Wouldn't you think they would have moved on? Um, well, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't have moved on. There's apparently something that uh, they think that they still have to be here for. Um, it's a little different than our topic for, for tonight, but... Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. So, you know, people have kind of poked fun and be like, okay, so where are your, your caveman spirits? You know, where are your dinosaur spirits and things like that? I, you know, I think there's at some point in time where they just, they do eventually move on. Uh, because there aren't a lot of ancient spirits that are around. And I do believe in reincarnation. So I think at some point they do get, you know, recycled back into the mix. Why at one particular time and not another? I don't know. You know, there's a lot of speculation as to, you know, you know, there's something that they need to finish. They're too scared to move on. There's a lot of different reasons that people speculate as to why they haven't gone on somewhere else. You know, I have seen where, um, you know, one spouse passed away. 
the other was still alive, and so the one spouse stuck around until the other one passed away, and then they were both gone. So that tells me right there, okay, they were waiting for that to happen, and then they moved on. You know, some people, you know, another one is, you know, some people may not realize that they've passed away. You know, and there's also the the theory that uh, people that have passed away don't realize time. And so if they don't realize time, then while we're like, okay, that's a spirit from the 1800s, they may still think it's the 1800s, you know? So, you know, we're getting to a lot of different theoretical stuff, but, and that's one of, it's one of the interesting things about this field is that we're working with a lot of these different theories in the same sense, it's also hard to prove a lot of these different things. So we always have this discussion back and forth, back and forth. So, um, let's see what else you guys have. So, um, per Tom, what would you ask a shadow person or slender man if you could? Um, and Imla Buddha 61, I'll get that one first. It says, does a slender man phenomenon only prevail in the United States? No, it's the internet. It's worldwide. So you have, uh, slender man stories now coming in from all over. So it originated in the United States, you know, um, but it is a worldwide phenomenon now. So, um, which is kind of interesting because I, I, I do closely relate this to shadow people. Shadow people were worldwide. Um, but with shadow people, and see, this is where, see, this is where it's different. So with Slender Man, it started because it was a fictional being started in the United States and then grew out everywhere else because of the internet. Where with shadow people, all these different cultures all over the world, not connected to each other at all. And they all ended up with a very, very, very similar stories about these shadow entities. Um, especially with the uh, with what we call old hag syndrome. Um, you know, all these different cultures from all over the world for thousands of years reporting the same type of phenomenon. And they had no connection with each other. Um, so, and then to Tom's question, what would you ask a shadow person or slender man if you could? Oh, there's so many questions, you know, like exactly who or what are you? You know, where do you come from? I mean, just the basics. I mean, that's the thing. We don't even really have the basics. You know, even the basics are just theories, you know. Um, you know, my theory is that they're interdimensional beings. They may not be. Some people think that they're aliens. Some people think that they are spirits of humans that just can't fully manifest. So there's a lot of different theories out there. So, you know, first and foremost, what the heck are you? You know, <laughs> you know the, the second one, where are you from? Well, that's, I mean, if, you know, from the earth. Are they from another plane of existence? Are they from another planet? You know, so let's just start with some basics here. Um, with Slender Man, I guess it would be, um, you know, if I really encountered Slender Man, you know, would be okay so did you take on this persona and become slender man or did you always exist and somehow you have now um 
you know, made your presence known and have spread around? Did you, I, mean, I guess somehow, did you uh, influence Victor Surge to come up with this idea? You know, I, I was he part of the collective unconscious and just boom. Yeah, you don't know. But I'd ask it. So, did you guys have more questions? Uh, Candyman started in New Orleans. Um, Tim Schoen, why do you think Slenderman Mythos has taken off as it has? Oh, internet's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Well, you know, here's this... You know, very mysterious, very creepy character that you can add anything you want to. I mean, honestly, you know, it would be something I had never have, but it probably would have been something that I would have jumped in on years ago. You know, that, you know, here's, they have, you know, they've created you know, this little bit of, here's this person. It's, it's almost like, okay, here's the photograph. You know, write a story about it now. Well, here you have, you, okay, you have this tall guy. He's got these tendrils. He's got um, these different characteristics. Now, take those basics and run with it. Create your own story. I mean, that was like, you know, something we do in creative writing class. I mean, shoot, I think we did that, something like that in second grade, you know. Um, so, it's one of those that's almost, you know, you know, fun. You would do those um, little stories where, okay, you know, one person takes, you know, the story, writes a couple sentences, you know, you pass it to the next person, they take, you know, they write a couple sentences, and it, it keeps going like that. So, it, it's really that same type of concept, but now you have it with this, uh, with this creepy, mysterious character, and people like mysterious stuff. So, you know, you, you have that as your your backdrop, and then you put it out on the internet where anybody and everybody can get a hold of it. Boom, there it goes. Yeah, that's all you needed. Um, what else do you guys have? Um, oh, Carrie's, uh, Carrie, um, hope you get well, man. Um, I know you've been uh, dealing with a lot of pain over there, so uh, we do uh, send some positive energy your way. Uh, from Nick Millet. Hey, Nick. So, would you consider Slenderman a similar species of shadow people? Well, it would one... Uh, okay, well, there's two different ways to look at this. If you're just looking at the story and if you're not you're not even considering at all that um he may be a tulpa in real now um would he be considered a type of shadow person just in the fictional arena yeah i'd, I'd probably mark him down there as a shadow person or as a type or a species of shadow person um he has a lot of those similar characteristics i've kind of already gone over that uh with shadow people in real life if he is a tulpa right now if some other entity has taken on the form of slender man well i would say that this thing is at least trying to portray itself 
as a type of shadow person in taking on the persona of Slenderman. Is it in reality under that mask a shadow person? I don't know. You'd have to see under that mask to see what is taken on the form um, to see what it really is. So, um, you know, for all we know, it's some sort of shapeshifter, you know, which I would say is different than shadow people. Um, but that's a good question. That's definitely a good question. Um, <laughs> do you know if Bloody Mary was once a real person? Well, <laughs> um, Bloody Mary is, um, Mary Tudor. So the, uh, the, the queen, uh, King Henry VIII's daughter, the queen before Elizabeth. So it was Elizabeth's sister. Uh, she was known as Bloody Mary because of um, all the Protestants that she was having killed. So that was a, a very tumultuous time during England. Uh, King Henry VIII, inspired by Anne Boleyn, um, made the... Uh, basically, he just was... Uh, he, was he didn't like the, the church telling him what to do. So he decided to create the Church of England and um, separate from the uh, Catholic Church. And, well, Mary's mother, um, who was from Spain, you know, very you know, devout Catholic, um, Mary, when she came into power, you know, was trying to put the Catholic Church back into power. Um, and so she was having a bunch of if you weren't Catholic, you're getting killed, uh, sort of thing going on. And then when when she died, Elizabeth came in and just you know right back to uh, what uh, Henry VIII was doing. So that's where Bloody Mary comes from. So uh, it got turned into a children's game. Um, you guys have a lot of interesting questions in here tonight. Um. So, from Betty, is not Slenderman the same as the vampire beliefs people had that were stabbing corpses in the heart? Um, interesting. So, is the same as vampire beliefs people had that were stabbing corpses in the heart? The vampire beliefs of people stabbing in the heart, is basically they're misinterpreting a couple of different things going on. So, like here in the United States, they were misinterpreting tuberculosis. So when like everything was going on with Mercy Brown and, and all of that, um, that was a misinterpretation of that. When we were doing it out in uh, like Romania and Poland and all that, um, which is kind of where that inspiration came from. Um, yeah, I mean, there are different things going on in, in the town and they were digging up the corpses and, you know, seeing basically decay and not understanding how the body transforms uh, when it starts to decay and then doing things like, you know, cutting the, the body up. So, yeah, in that sense that you have this misinterpretation of the facts of what's going on. So, if you have somebody... Like, let's say somebody new comes into into it now, you know, all these years later, and all this lore has built up for so long now, and you haven't 
taking the time to go back to you know the origins of it or even bothering to look up origins of Slenderman you know and you just start reading the Slenderman stories and being told that it's real then you may start believing in all these different characteristics and, and things going on with Slenderman um, so you know, like somebody back then you know hacking up the the corpses because of what they're being told I guess it's similar in that kind of concept. Um, interesting to, to relate it to that. So, I know there are a couple others here. So, Candy, do you think the author had anything to do with spreading the stories online of Slenderman to boost sales? Well, I don't think he was trying to, he wasn't really trying to sell anything. You know, his original submission was for a Photoshop contest. So, I mean, he was trying to win a contest, but it wasn't predicated on, you know, how many people are spreading the story. So now since then, you know, he does have, you know, traffic being driven to the site, but it's not just his site. I mean, he does have a site now, but there's a lot of different sites that are covering Slenderman stories um, or even Slenderman art. So, you know, there's the, um, I forget what his actual site is, but Creepypasta covers it as well. Deviant Art covers a lot of Slenderman art, you know, so there's a lot of different websites that are all involved with this. So it's not just him. Um, and honestly, I don't know about Slenderman merch. You know, it didn't, it, it wasn't around back then when he first created it. It, it wasn't, you know, some sort of scheme to, you know, sell a bunch of t-shirts or anything like that. Um, from Sandy Miller, do you know if shadow people follow you when you move? Um, some do, <laughs> you know, it's not an all-inclusive thing, you know, um, you know, I have seen where, you know, you move and the shadow person seems to move, Sometimes you move and the shadow person darts away because they're just, oh, wow, somebody's here. And, you know, it's almost like you spooked them. You know, like when I burst into the kitchen and Johnny V's, and, you know, flew across. Or, um, you know, when I was yeah, unpacking, moving to Ohio, and I'm looking and, oh, somebody just darted out of my doorway, you know. Um, so that can't happen. I've also seen where you're, you know, standing there kind of looking... Uh, there's a shadow over there just standing there. Um, the one in the Campsville grade school, Shauna and I were sitting on on the bleachers. Sorry for that. Um, just hitting that. Shauna and I were sitting on the bleachers, not really moving, but yet there's the shadow person walking over by the uh, over by the doors in the gym uh, to go to the locker room. So, you know, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um... Murtaza Arif. Do you think Shadow Man or Slender Man can enter into people's dreams? People do dream about him. Um, and, you know, part of the lore is that he can get into people's dreams. You know, uh, as far as like real shadow people, do they get into your dreams? So this, that's a, uh, it's kind of a source of contention because like the medical community would have you believe that that seeing a shadow person like when you wake up is nothing more than 
your you know, your hallucination because you're coming out of a dream state and you know your body a lot of times hasn't fully awakened yet so they'll say well now you have sleep paralysis along with it um and you're hallucinating the shadow person in your room and what i always throw out there with this one is that well i don't always dream about people you know i dream about all kinds of stuff you know when i was at uh, spook show con here the one that i threw out there was like you know last night yeah, this was the night before I spoke that for that uh, event. You know, last night I dreamt about, you know, uh, it was like a recurring mob movie that kept going on. Uh, but there were like cars and stuff in that, you know, the old, you know, gangster type cars and Tommy guns and stuff like that. You know, so I dream about all kinds of stuff. And the one I always joke about is I've had dreams about being on stage with Molly Crew. It's true. I've had a couple of those types of dreams. I've had dreams of being on the baseball field at Fenway Park. You know, there's all of those things that would be in within those dreams don't manifest in the bedroom. It's a person. So I, I can they get into your dreams? I, I um I would say that if you're seeing a shadow person when you wake up, they were not in your dream. That you are physically seeing them in your room. Um you can dream of shadow people <clears throat> whether or not that is a part of your dream happening or whether they're getting into the dream that one i'm not so sure about <clears throat> whether they can actually physically get into your dream like jump into your mind and get into your dream i'm not so sure on that maybe if you believe that they can talk to you through the mind is there by chance a way that they are there trying to speak to you into your mind in your sleep is that infiltrating your dream that's a good question um but aside from that i don't really think they're getting into your dream i think you just may be having a dream about shadow people you know there are times i have dreams about not so nice things you know but it doesn't mean that the, you know <clears throat> um so uh past life mike as a gangster nah it was just a dream uh atomic nicholas says i got rid of my shadow people now i'll see slender man yeah that's it <laughs> now you'll see slender man now that you got rid of your shadow people that's funny uh per dave styles do shadow people appear at any time of day yes yes shadow people can occur at any time of day i have seen them at any time of day so you know whether it's morning afternoon night whatever i've seen them any time of day so have other people so uh the the stories and reports that i've gotten from others take place at pretty much any time so yeah um it's not one of those that's only a nighttime thing um so what else do you guys have so per Sharon Lane, do you see regional differences in entities like Slenderman? That's an interesting question. So, so like, does one particular country um, view him or or uh, perpetuate him differently than other countries? You know, I'm not sure. Just to be honest, you know, because I haven't I haven't looked at it breaking it down by country. You know, I've I've seen artwork from other countries and 
you know everybody has their own style you know I've, I've seen you know from japan that looked like a little bit more like anime um but you know there's a lot of great american artists right now that are also drawing anime you know and you know i've seen a lot of great sketches all from all over the world so it's it's hard to yeah it, it, i just haven't done that kind of classification for it to, to be able to answer the question so it would be an interesting study though that would definitely be an interesting study. Um, what else do you guys have? We're kind of getting down toward the end here. Could be the Atomic Nicholas. Could be the Mothman without wings. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, Jill says, ironically, Henry VIII killed more people than Mary. Um, I believe that. And he killed a lot of people that were very close to him. So it's, it's pretty sad. You know, all the... You know, people who um, he thought betrayed him, you know, that may have been very, very close, dear friends, whatever. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people that he killed that he regretted. Um, that, was, that was a little while ago, though. <laughs> um, you guys have anything else? Um So, uh, Sharon men, even within our own country, like from northern to southern regions. Yeah, again, I mean, that's, <laughs> um, I'd have to do some sort of study to see that, um, to see if there are differences, but, you know, between regions. I mean, it, it, I mean, the internet is a global community. And so, I don't know, it, it's not like, um, yeah, it's so different these days. It, it's, it's not like, you know, people sitting around the campfire and you see how, you know, things developed in this area and then it developed in that area and all that. The, the internet's global like that. So, um, but even with it being global, would there be similar things that people in one particular region throw into the story that other people in another region don't? That's, I mean, I don't know. It's a good question, though. I really like that. Um... So, per Betty, does Slender Man become more popular after the Wisconsin case? Well, I think so. They now have a movie. <laughs> um, it was already pretty popular beforehand. And that's, you know, that's how the girls uh, became accustomed to it, is because it was growing and growing and growing in popularity on the internet. You know, they had, I'm pretty sure the, the, the game was already out by then. Uh, but there was already so much stuff out there about Slender Man on the internet that hard to I would say just say yes because there's you know a lot of people I think more because it did cater to a younger crowd I think there are more adults that became aware of Slender Man after that case than before it um, and now of course there's a movie so it's going to be even more popular than ever um, from Tim um, how did you and Shauna see the shadow person at the campsville school in the dark um, we actually, that's a good, that's a good point. We actually didn't see it then in the dark. Um, we actually saw it after the fact on video. So that is one, okay. I'll have to partially retract that because we didn't actually see it then. Uh, we saw it on the footage afterward. Um, 
yeah i mean i've seen a lot of shadows with my own eyes but that one we actually didn't i mean it could it was i mean it was there it was obviously there because it was you know plain as day on the footage um so there's that i have to partially retract that one <laughs> um So from Terra Olivia, what could shadow people want? Energy? Well, that's another question that I would, if Tom had the question, what would I ask Slenderman or a shadow person? Um, that would be another one. What do you want? <laughs> you know, what is it you want? Um, do some of them want energy? You know, I'd, I don't know. I mean, so I think energy kind of gets, the term energy kind of gets thrown around a lot in our circles um like i also because this there's this idea that spirits especially human spirits you know will see a person and grab onto them to get energy so that they can try to manifest something and i see a lot of um different shows videos whatever where people are saying use my energy to manifest and for the most part i don't think most of these spirits know what in the world we're talking about um or you know use the batteries of my flashlight to you know to do something um and to get energy i really don't think that they know what that is you know i think that when they do draw that energy off of there that's an accident they don't really realize that that's what they're doing otherwise i think that if they realize hey that's what i'm doing i'm getting you know from that battery i'm getting energy um and i'm able to do more things i think if they realize that they would just stick their finger in the socket in the wall and get all the energy they needed um so that said when it comes to like shadow people drawing energy are they are they energy vampires i really don't know i've seen you know you know, I've seen shadows not even try to, you know, touch you or get near you or whatever. Um, you know, some just seem curious, like the one, you know, peering in at me uh, from my bedroom door. You know, if you wanted my energy, you should have come into the room. You know, or like the one I scared out of Johnny V's. You know, I think it saw me as uh, a different type of entity and it got scared and took off, you know. So, um yeah, I don't think that that's what necessarily they're always looking for is to get energy. I think they're here probably for something else. Um, just don't really know what. <laughs> it's kind of the issue. Well, that's a good question. Um, so, uh, what else? Per Nick, could a shadow person in some way stalk you? Sure. You know, I, I think that could certainly happen. That um you know like people all shadows all shadow people are different like just like all people are different so we have people that are stalkers i think some shadow people could be stalkers so some people do report getting stalked by shadow people that you know and it's usually like the same one <laughs> that uh you know they keep seeing it in you know different places near them in the same room at night you know, or they might they might even go somewhere else and it still seems to be there following them so yeah i think that can certainly happen um let's see maybe one or two more and then we will wrap it up um 
So, Atomic Nicholas, human energy is stronger than batteries. Well, yeah, I mean, humans built the Matrix. You know, our energy built the Matrix, right? So, and Tara says she's been experiencing them all her life. Okay, we should talk then. Um, I'm in the I'm in the process of writing a book on shadow people because I have had so many different shadow people experiences. A lot of people, because of my experiences, people have asked me uh, numerous types of questions about shadow people over the years, and of course, I give a shadow person presentation, all that now. So I'm basically putting all that into a book. So hey, I'm a writer. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I still maintain that any of the stuff about shadow people, and even with about Slender Man, um, it's all theoretical. You know, we as humans, we try to classify different things, so we're trying to make sense of it. You know, that's kind of the idea. Maybe as we keep classifying things and breaking things out and observing and um, and all of that, that will start to piece together what exactly these things are. Um, so I reserve the right to change my mind about any of this. <laughs> so, all right. Um, from Donna, do you think there's dangerous shadow people versus the benign kind you experience? Yes. Yep. So I, I put out the video, are shadow people evil? And I've actually added that slide to my shadow person presentation. So, of course, there will be a chapter in the book as well. Are shadow people evil? Uh, because I have, I've seen videos, I've seen interviews with people in which, um, and I've just heard people make comments off the cuff that, you know, shadow people are evil. Shadow people are beyond evil. You know, shadow people are the most malevolent, etc. Um, you know, bad things. I believe some are. Some are. Others are not. You know, others are just fine. Just like there's some very evil people in this world. I think there's some very evil sh shadow people out there. Um, so it goes both ways. You know, I think that you, I don't necessarily think you can classify an entire species as good or evil. Um, you know, with, you know, with light, there's dark, right? So you're going to have some good and you're going to have some bad. They need to balance each other out. So, um, yeah, Tom McNicholas, everyone should see Mike's presentation on shadow people. If you didn't, it's really cool. Yeah, so the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel, you have, I mean, there's an entire playlist of shadow people videos. So um, I do cover a lot of these different topics within that playlist in a number of different videos. Um, I did post my uh, Ocean State Paracon presentation up there, and then... Um, there's all kinds of, you know, there's the Our Shadow People Evil. I go over old hag syndrome in one of the videos. So there's a lot of stuff within there. Um, there's probably like, I don't know, eight or ten videos within that playlist. So you can check that out. Um, that's sad, Donna. I heard someone talk about a few interacting with small child that led her to an intentionally electrocutor. So that's sad. Um, yeah, there, there's negative ones. <clears throat> Linda saying I've had some negative experiences with shadow people. Yeah. Um, and really, I thought for a long time my first interaction with a shadow person, and <clears throat> the one that crossed my arms across my body, I thought for a long time that that was a negative experience. You know, because I was terrified. I was you know, eight or nine years old, you know, about that. Um, and I was terrified. And this thing touched me and was doing, I don't know what the hell this was. 
you know, people now have tried to say, well, maybe it was when you were burying a post. Well, it's still a maybe. I have no idea. So I, for a long time, thought that was a negative experience. Well, I'm not sure at, at this point, um, kind of looking back, I mean, I it didn't, seriously, it didn't physically hurt me. It manipulated me and terrified the shit out of me. But it's not like I got bruised or bloodied or anything like that. Nothing was broken. So I don't know. Um, but other people do um, do report some really bad experiences where they have gotten hurt um, or influenced or hurt or whatever. They, people have uh, had some neg- definitely have had some negative experiences with shadow people. And some people have had just fine experiences. So I th- I just maintain it goes both ways there's some good and there's some bad um and lens white maybe was trying to protect you yeah maybe but you know protect from what i don't know from kathy siliento with a ten dollar super chat uh for staying awake so long awesome show as always well thank you kathy i really do appreciate that um yeah this was a uh this was an interesting one, I, and I always like talking about stuff like this. I mean, yes, it leads into leads into shadow people because there's that kind of like natural correlation, um, and Slenderman has that mysteriousness to it. And plus, I do I have to admit I, I admire the uh, creativity behind it, and you know that there was a community that jumped on, and they're all contributing um, to that. It's just some people have took it way way too far. And I hope I do hope that those girls were getting the help that they needed. That was a you know horrific tragedy. Um, yeah, 20, 25 years for Anissa and forty years for Morgan. Um, you know, but what they did to their friend was horrible. You know, so you know, education. <laughs> you know, definitely would would help there. I think that opened a lot of people's eyes to wow, what the hell is this? Um, just know that. You know, Slender Man, you know, all this stuff that people have, you know, written about him, it's fiction. It's fiction. And of course, there's the question, you know, is he a Topa? Has something, you know, taken on its form and is now performing acts as Slender Man? I really, I honestly don't know because, I mean, I haven't personally seen it. There's some people that say that it has, but you know are those are those people that are saying it or are they somebody that i would trust you know are they an eyewitness and are they somebody that i would trust as an eyewitness i I, the couple the the people that have i don't know i don't know them so i have no idea um but like i said earlier slender man is rooted in fiction where shadow people are is rooted in truth so I believe the stuff about Shadow People more than I believe anything about Slenderman because it's a story. It's a story. Um, all right, everybody. I think that will about wrap up the show. Let's go ahead and get to the... Um, let's get to the shout-outs. <laughs> yes. Uh, getting tired, of course. So, um, all right. Um... So, Super Chat Superstars for this show. Tom McNicholas for giving us bad dreams tonight. Kathy Siliento for staying awake so long. Uh, thank you for being our Super Chat Superstars for the evening. Really, really do appreciate it. Appreciate all of you who have hung out um, this long. It is 11.11 here in the central time zone past midnight out in the east. So, 
Pamela Rainey is the Black Eyed Kid's dad. Nice, nice. So Pamela Rainey, there's your shout out. There's the Haglin. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Betty and Wayne, uh, thank you very much. This is good but sad story about the girls. Yes, very sad. Um, Lorena, Lenora Moreno, thanks for joining us tonight. Of course, Donna Gordon, thank you for Cheshire Cat chatting the chat. Absolutely appreciate that. Uh, there's Jill again. Thanks for hanging out for both shows, Jill. Do appreciate that. Um, Tracy Christian, thank you for joining us again. Lens White, thank you very much. There's Jen K. Thank you very much, Jen. Um, Sharon Lane, thank you as well. <laughs> Adam Tillery, there's an Adam Tillery sighting. He's always kind of hanging out there. I know he's working on stuff. I know he's like doing his illustrations and all that over there. Uh, this is Mike is the sleepy man. Thanks, Adam. Um, and uh, can't wait to see your uh, latest work. Uh, who else do we have that has hung out this long? Andrew Cox, thanks for joining us uh, again, as always. Pungai, Pungai, thank you very much. Um, so we have also, uh, there's Linda Miller. Thank you for joining us for both shows. Tara Olivia, thank you very much for uh, your questions and your experiences. Imla Buddha 61 thank you as well. Um, what else do we have? Tom McNicholas. So, okay, so, um, deep down the rabbit hole, Patreon patrons. Uh, Tom McNicholas, Beat 3 Airspace. Uh, Zippy Davis, Pamela Queen, Andrew Cox. Thank you guys very, very much. BD Flint as well. Um, ta -dun, ta -dun, ta -dun. Carrie Parrish, thanks for joining us tonight. Hope you um, are healing up. And Mickey Dole, thank you very much. Who else do we have? Candy Orton, of course. Thank you, Candy. Robert. Thank you very much. Um, Melissa Nicholson, thank you for joining us as well. Nick Moulet, thanks for the questions tonight. Absolutely appreciate that. Dave Styles, Dave, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, and thank you for your questions as well. So there's Tim Schoen. Thank you, Tim. Uh, Murtaza Arif, thank you, Murtaza. Great to have you in the house. There's Phoenix Feather, 1031. Thanks, Phoenix. Um Um, I'm going to scroll back down. Anybody else uh, that wants a last-minute shout-out, throw it in there. No, there's, of course, Diane Hilbert, Fairy Queen, Hunter Road Media, Fairy Queen. Thank you. Katie Palmer. And I think that's probably going to about do it. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out this long on a Tuesday night. Um, what else do we have coming up? Friday Night Ghost Frights. Yes, Friday Night Ghost Frights is coming back this week. I know we haven't really done one here in a few weeks. We've done some other things on Friday nights. Um, it's because of the move and everything, been kind of out of the loop on doing the Friday Night Ghost Frights. We try to supplement that with other things like, you know, investigations and, and what have you. So look for that coming up here on Friday. And that's going to do it. All right, everybody. Slenderman well, and Shadow People is what we got into tonight. Um, Movie does come out this uh, on August 10th, so this week. Everybody have a great night. Thank you very much. Until next time.